Good day, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Terrific weekend. Uh, terrific week as an Arsenal fan, getting the job done with United and as well against Rennes. Showed some great mentality. Uh, going on to the, into the Arsenal Man United game, um, we were getting a lot of flack from pundits and fans alike after the Rennes defeat. So, with United visiting after the PSG win, their tails would have been up, you know, coming into the ta- into the match. Uh, Emery rang the changes, making five. Uh, Leno, Maitland-Niles, Colosinac, Ramsey, Lacazette coming in for in for a very attack-minded side. I mean, I remember uh, the pundits in the, in the Sky Sports studio since we had the feed, um, they were still saying, you know, is it really a good idea to go this attack-minded into a game against United? But my personal take was, you know, let's uh, let us take the game to them. What was your thoughts on that? On the side when you saw it. my thoughts, I remember you even teased me. Um, I think was when you said I said that I wasn't happy with the lineup at all. I thought Colosinac should have left us exposed. I was hoping that we would have a Mustafi and Montreal on either side of our centre backs. So and having Uzel as well in the team, I wasn't too happy about that. So for me, I actually doubted Emery like the pundits did, and he really proved me wrong. And I mean, the game kicked off almost like at the flying pace from Arsenal because I think before United, almost like United was still trying to get themselves in, you know, almost like position. And already we were, you know, like literally swarming them already from the left and right flank. Uh, you know, I think the second minute, Kolasinac burst down the left flank, crossed the ball, and I think Lacazette just failed to stick out the foot because I think that could have also yeah. already, that was actually the first, you know, big chance for us in the game. In the fourth minute, Matic gave away a free kick. A, a Maitland Niles then hit the ball into the box, which Koscielny flicked on. And Aubameyang's acrobatic effort just went wide. Um, yeah, that's very unfortunate with that. Yeah, and then six minutes, Arsenal started swarming United. Uh, quick fire chances coming for Aubameyang. And then again in the eighth minute, which he, you know, he fluffed also, of course, both chances there. Um, it was an unreal start. I mean, if you just take just take even that first ten minutes, because to see a United side looking stunned from the start, like I said, I don't think Solskjaer really thought, or even the players on the field, even these senior players, thought we would be coming, you know, at him like that. And then, of course, breakthrough comes in the in the twelfth minute. Lacazette plays a short pass to Xhaka. The Swiss international then sees the United midfield and defense back off. I was like asking the question to Xhaka, will you or won't you shoot? And boy, he did shoot. He cut the, across the ball like a banana kick at pace. Two-thirds in the, the, the way as the ball was traveling towards goal, the ball started taking a wicked turn, curving away from the Gaia. The Spaniard then seemingly also losing flight and sight of the ball, going one way and then realizing the ball's going to go into the other corner. one nil Arsenal, what a start. What was your take on the goal? Oh, it was an amazing strike. You could even see that. I don't know if you saw um, after like the show there, yeah, though, in like you, you see, like he put his hands up, like you know, I couldn't do anything. Then he showed like how the ball moved, but just the the the, the sheer power that Jaka into the ball to do that. That was a moment of brilliance. You know, these games need a moment of brilliance sometimes to you know unlock the the. Um, the padlock to get us the goal, and that's what it was. Amazing shot by Xhaka. 
I mean, I think what what kind of uh, you know confused me at you know it reminded me of something like you know if you're having a kickabout with your friends and you're yeah. not in the mood to dive, it reminded me of something like that. His movement, and I was like, I'm not gonna get to that ball. And I mean, when that ball rolled in like that, but then you know, listening to I think sometime after the game, when I was listening to Bean Sports, their pundits, because they asked um, the ex leads keeper Paul Robinson about his take on on the goal, like where you saw the the error coming in if you could now you know fine tune the, the the you know analysis of the goal and he said something like when Zaka strikes the ball the guy is already jumping in the air and with his body already leaning to the I think left side of goal as you're watching from behind the goal and they said like in that time that he's already in the air he suddenly realized now now this ball is actually going to start swerving away and by the time he can react. He's almost like flat-footed by the time he comes down to the ground. So there's no chance, you know, he's going to get still a spring to his step to get to the right side. But they've always been so much power. No, by the time, like, I've watched the goal, like, over and over, and by the time he realizes that um, it's going the other way, the ball just flies past him. It looks in normal time. It probably looks like he could have done something. But I yeah, think right. that the power it was he it. And also, I think the way the air um, was at fault, I think he tried to almost Preempt where the ball was going, so he thought the yeah, ball was yeah. going to go that way, and then when he realized as well, it swerved. He's like, I'm not getting there. And that's why, as I said, like with my breakdown of the goal, and I think I heard Jamie Redknapp also talk about where he said that ball starts swerving so late because I mean it's already going halfway its distance towards goal, and then you see that ball start fading away from the keeper. So I mean, as you said, yeah, worldy, like a worldy strike. Um, Short, shortly right. after that, the 18th minute, I just to bring up that Fred almost equalized the ball, smashing the the post, and this, my heart is in my mouth, and I thought, once again, after we scoring, we almost conceded another goal. Yeah, but I mean, I had a look at that. I mean, I, I, look, I was first not sure with that whole breakdown of that Fred thing, because, you know, the way people were going on about, you know, that was a squeaky bum moment for Arsenal. When you look at it again, and I mean, I'm telling even our listeners now, if you ever look at it again, as I always tell you guys in hindsight, just watch, not, not, yeah, to, later on in the game or after the game, post-game, always watch highlights packages. Don't just, you know, take, take what you watch in the live match. Leno actually has that ball covered because by the time that ball ends up smacking the post. Leno's already flat and into that bottom corner. So there was almost like no way that ball was going to creep through anyway. But I mean, the way the, the, the pundits or the sports writers make it out to be, it was like, you know, that was like such a, a near, uh, you know, a near miss for, for United. But I mean, they, they, our keeper had it sorted anyway, whether it was going to hit the post or come through. It would have been saved anyway. I can't argue with you there uh, as a former keeper as well. I'm sure you would have had your angles covered as well. Yeah, you had it. Yeah. Uh, 22nd minute, uh, another chance. Maitland-Nile whips in a cross after being played in by Ozil Ramsey and scoops the ball over. You know, uh, another sloppy miss. But, you know, still, <clears throat> another thing I also want to add to the game, we were still creating chances. I mean, we were missing and in, in, in whatever... We were still creating those chances, and I'm, um, and I think if you if you take uh, look, we're still not analyzing the rest of the game. But I mean, if you look at, at, at also the, the chances, uh, even though we had Solskjaer saying they didn't deserve to lose, they had to score, they had to, you know, this and that, all that, that minor excuses that was coming out from all parts, even from the United fan base. Other than that, 
we were, you know, for, forcing the, the issue throughout the game. So, you know, it was like we had chance upon chance upon chance type of thing. So I really thought we could now do the business because I think if we had not been a bit more ruthless, even at first, if you take it like the first half hour, we could have been probably three or four up. I mean, of course, we were open at times with, with that. Uh, I think there was one chance of Lukaku that, that clipped the post. But I mean, he scuffed yeah. completely. You know, as you said, that, that Fred thing was probably yeah. a half chance, if if you can even give them credit for it. Um, in the 24th minute, Smalling then charges the ball down from a, like I said, strike ball bounce away for a corner again. You know, Arsenal for carving the chances. Arsenal then again in the 29th minute fires, uh, uh, like I said, fires the ball across goal. And I think the whole United defence and, and Aubameyang who was standing alone in the box were all caught like on the heels because the ball ended up just going past everybody. And I think if somebody, or even if, if, if Aubameyang had stuck a foot out, I think we could have even nicked a goal there also. So again, you know, another chance missed. With all those chances and missed chances, we go in the 35th minute. Leno had to then, you know, after not being so busy, had to come out and make an amazing stop with the help of Monreal when Lukaku almost tried to run around him and roll into an empty net, but Monreal sliding, putting Lukaku kind of off and allowing then Leno to smother him from getting around him. Very good save and kept us still 1-0 at that point. Yeah, and then 36 minutes, Ben had to counter Rashford the releases. Oh yeah, that's the thing that you were talking about, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, 41st minute, uh, Shaw then beats Maitre-Nance on the left flank, plays in Rashford to cut the ball back to Lukaku. And I think, oh yeah, that's sorry, that's, I think you got somehow mixed up there, because I think that was where he sniffs out the danger there. Uh, 44th minute, Pogba then dissects the Arsenal defence with a killer pass. Uh, the Belgian, who in turn, then plays in Dallo on the right flank. Uh, the right midfielder then cuts the ball back to Rashford. Who fires one hell of a goalbound drive only for Xhaka to throw his whole body on the line, connecting the ball connecting into him and Rashford on the follow through, smashing into him, leaving the Source International in somewhat distress. We go in at half time 1 0, thinking if both teams had had their shooting boots on on the day, the score could have probably been 5 3 to Arsenal. The, the, the second half started really fast again, United, you know. They, you could see probably Solskjaer gave him a pep talk because they came out the traps really flying and then, you know, just after the half-time kick of almost like 46 minutes, Leno came rushing out to snap out danger again when the long ball spent over the top, uh, beating Lukaku to the ball and kicking it out. And I think that summed up already of the impact Leno was having in this game. I think what I also liked was, uh, I don't know if you got to see, I think if you go on the Arsenal... Highlights package or they they won't actually edit the clearest way. That moment that you not just discussed when Leno gets the ball ahead of Lukaku, everybody thought he would just now belt the ball into the crowd and he actually gets the ball under control and actually plays a neat pass lofted yeah. down to I think Rams or somebody that shouted down the, the one flank to him. So I thought, you know, that is what we needed at the time because look, they were gonna push at all costs also United now. As you said, they came, you know, flying out. That second half, because I mean, I was even shocked at the manner in which they they were now coming at us. Um, fifty first minute, Talut uh, passes to Fred. The Brazilian attempts a goalbound effort because he only throws his body in front of the shot. Of course, Gary Neville does doing commentary. Uh, thinks it's handball because I mean, you just saw now, of course, the first angle from it. But then you know, replays show that it caught 
Koscielny flash on the chase. Uh, the block then uh, spills out to United, who still, you know, were coming with a relentless pressure on the Arsenal goal. Ball against uh, bounces out to Rashford, who plays in Lukaku, took some, I, think, I, I mean, my take of it, I don't know what your take was, but yeah, I think he took too many touches getting at that little through ball, because I mean, it was a good ball by Rashford, good pick out. But in that time, that he took that extra little one, two touches, Leno was already on him, and by the time he got his shot off, Leno ends up sticking a boot out, the ball flies over the bar, and I think Leno, <laughs> that follow through with the boot, gashes uh, Kossialny in the leg. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's summed up, you know, I had my doubts about Leno, and I'm not saying he's still a world beater, he's still getting there, you know, to earn my trust a bit more, yeah. but yeah. I mean... This, this this past few games actually has showed how crucial he is. I mean, if you go back those saves that when we were one up, I think it was Southampton we played. Then against Bournemouth as well. He also made, he's making some really crucial saves. And then you go against Spurs, that double save he made as well. So these saves are all important, and he really um, for me won me like one more brownie points from me in this game. I think also what we needed also at the time was look. Look, United were just coming up, you know, with wave upon wave upon, like, of attacks. But I mean, when the ball didn't eventually break to him, you know, the players have their trust in him. So you see sometimes Xhaka or Kolasinac or Kosialny, they'll actually lay a ball off to him. Almost like, you know, you get us, you know, take some of the pressure off, uh, you know, take the sting out of the game somewhat, which he does. Because then he just plays like a simple ball to the other flank or whatever, just to you know, ease up the pressure and almost like stretch the game out as well. Because you could see with that game, United also didn't like the game stretch too much. They were already doing a high press on us for most of that second half then. But so, you know, you needed like a cool head. And I think he also showed so much maturity. And I think that's also going to bode him well for the international side of his game also. Because, look, Neuer is almost like one foot out of the door already. And it could be almost like a straight shootout between Testegen and Leno for that German number one jersey. It'll be interesting to see who's going to win that duel between the two of them. Uh, Manchester United then really, you know, pressing second half, so forcing Arsenal to give away, you know, it was like needless free kicks, which was kind of getting me worked up. Because look, for me, it's already a one-all leaders, you know, so on the knife edge, and I almost like I did not want to, you know, almost like lose ground. Because look, we're scrapping for the top four, and also we want to get something positive over one of the top six rivals. Um, Arsenal needed some, needed some sort of break as we were, you know, getting smothered in midfield and really now almost like stretched the further game war on in the second half. And that moment, moment came on in the 68th minute on a rear venture forward when Lacazette burst into the box. Fred then leaned into him somewhat and Lacazette went down to a seemingly soft challenge penalty. But, you know, we were also hard done by, I mean, I could have, I mean, all of us saw it wasn't that hectic but you know we've seen simpler penalties given against us also so you know i'll take it you know I'm, I, I know thank you to it i just like what emre said in the, the press conference so they asked him like um did i think it was a soft penalty he's like yes it was a soft penalty but last week we, we, we conceded a soft penalty and if these two decisions didn't happen the penalty last week and this week we would have been even happier because we would have won one nil against Spurs. And we would have won one all against United, so we would have been better off actually. So, you know, <laughs> the decisions come and go your way, but there's a clever response of Emre. 
Uh, Aubameyang then stepped up, showing nerves of steel and rolling the ball down the middle of the goal. 2-0 Arsenal. Emirates was rocking, players going crazy in celebration, and I end up overstretching a muscle in my neck, celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, um, shortly after that, you know, like I said, for the 17th minute or just after that, like I said, could have made it 3-0 way. Uh, we passed in the area of the United defense and ran straight through, eating it just, just wide of the post. Yeah, that was when Lindelof allowed the ball to bounce over his head. Yeah. Uh, on 77 minutes, the first Arsenal sub, Iwobi coming on for Ozil. And Emery was really going for the jugular now. Because, I mean, I really thought it would be, you know, he's going to bring on something more defensive-minded or whatever. But, I mean, this showed now also bottled by the, the manager. Because, I mean, I think most managers, I mean, if you think of it now, in the, in the top uh, of the top clubs, they would normally try to shut up shop, especially in a, in a high-profile game like this. But he showed he wanted to go for all three. Uh, Dennis Suarez then entered the fray on 80, on 80 minutes as uh, Aubameyang then somewhat disappointed came off. Like I said, now lead the line. And 85 minutes, uh, Arsenal then taking this thing out of the game, playing a more position, a position type of game, you know, trying to slow the pace. Because look, United were also getting more hectic, more desperate, trying to get something out of the game. Uh, then also in that 85th minute, Suarez then gives a slight glimpse of, you know, what he's all about. He picks the ball up on the halfway line and waltzes through the old United midfield and as he's starting to burst towards the Man United box, he gets tripped by Luke Shaw. Uh, 86 minutes in, Ketia comes on for Lacazette. I mean, you know, I think he also knew his race was done in that thing. <laughs> and I think Lac uh, what, what, what actually impressed me also on Ketia, he had that little cameo role of, what's it, four minutes but, I mean, he kept on pressing, he kept on chasing down, you know, not giving United any time on the ball. What was your take on that last few minutes of the game? For for me, the, the last few minutes for, was actually, you could see that there was a coach that had a plan and a team that was listening and they knew yeah. that the job was kind of done and they needed to see the result. I've seen many Arsenal games where Arsenal still tried to push for that third or fourth and then they get caught out and it suddenly ends two two. So for me it was really like I don't recall Emre the Tinker man sometimes because he's always you know changing things around, but he is is the way his game management was on point the last few minutes of the game. I think also uh, what what I'm not saying now it's a it's a direct uh comparison or direct link, but I think that maybe it's also something from uh you know, say from the Spanish league or Spanish mentality with, with coaching. But what I liked was also he does this thing, not not always, but I think he's also trying to get it into the squad where I think even Conte, like with his Italian mind and whatever, he did it also with Chelsea in that, that, uh, that season of his, where he would actually have five in midfield, um, sorry, five in the in the Chelsea half, five in the opponents half. And basing on, on, on the situation, you had like the, that extra men. So it's either if you want to press high, you throw in another two that, you know, that five that were in the, in the, the say the Chelsea half, or the, like if you put now Arsenal now, you push that two into to, to, um, the opponents half to almost like cause an overload. And I mean, if you start saying, okay, you, you're having to defend on the back foot, then you shift a couple of your offensive plays to, to make an overload almost like in your half. So, in a way, you can see. So it's almost like you can see where the frustration 
comes to the opponent also. It's not like something where we also got outdone when we normally play Man City over the last few years where, you know, when they have come out on top against us. You can see that is the same type of play that they're doing and slowly but surely we bring that to our game as well. It's, it's really refreshing actually to see us also turn up in these big games at home. Barring Man City, which was Emre's first game you know, as an Arsenal coach, Arsenal kind of made Emre's support just something that, you know, we never did in a while because there always were team coming, teams coming to nick points at our home ground. But now we showed that, you know, the Emirates is our home and we just need now the crowd to start, you know, getting behind the team more. I mean, you know, I didn't, what, what, you know, what was, you remember when we lost against Man City at, at the Etihad, how frustrated we were, or, I mean, we were, like, I mean, all, I'm sure all the Gooners were, you know, gutted, disappointed. But then, I mean, you you take in seven days later when they play Chelsea and you look at that humiliation and you actually think, yeah. he's, you know, you know what, we came off with that, that, that like a three, what was a 3-1 defeat? 3-1 defeat, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Chelsea ended up getting a tonking there and you think, look at that now. So, you know, to a degree, I'm not saying a 3-1 is fine, but I mean, we took it on the chin, but we showed we, you know, we could stand up to them and not let them just, you know, overrun us completely over 90 minutes. Well, one thing I might also commend Emre for is he's not predictable. I mean, you know, I don't like to compare, but under Wenger, nine times of ten every week, you would be able to give your starting lineup and it would match exactly what Wenger was going to do with Emre. I already had a thing like, okay, he's going to go Mustafi right back and then he's going to go Montreal left back. And then, you know, like you know, that. But... Your words, I mean, I'm sure you did not listen to that punditry. But, you know, Sam Allardyce said that exact thing you just mentioned now. Oh, is it? Yes, he said the exact thing because he said what he likes he, that Emery can never read the, like, you know, the way he's going to lay out that team because he said he keeps you guessing right through and he said even in-game you'll chop and change things chop and change things and you don't even know whether you have to stick or twist like the same because that's why he, at the moment he's almost like got the upper end on, on uh, Pochettino because you can see you know, as, as good as a coach Pochettino is when you see the way Emery is, is tweaking things in the squad. It's almost like, look at that. We made them look average on their own pitch in that North Under derby. And I mean, they were yeah. supposed to, like, as, as people were saying, they were going to walk over us in that game and look at the sort of performance we gave in that game. And I mean, to get, this is probably a season in how long that Arsenal have not lost to Spurs or United at least once in the season. Yeah. Yeah, with league form, yeah. It's true. Because, I mean, we've now got the four points of United. Yeah, and four points of Spurs as well. Fourth, yeah, and then three of Chelsea. And I mean, we were also unlucky in that game, in that, that, that Chelsea game away, because it was almost like uh, sloppy, you know, ended up being just sloppy, sloppiness or... Uh, Poor finishing as well. Yeah, because I mean, we were also all over Chelsea going that, that second half. I mean, first half, we looked almost like... Uh, that, that, it was almost like from the Man City, it seeped into the... The Chelsea game in that first half, where they, you know, stunned us for about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Then we got into the game, and then, oh, like from there, it was then just a, you know, the back and forth game then. Um, uh, and on that game now, we switch our attention to the Ren game on Thursday evening, where we had a 3-1 deficit already to make up. Uh, two changes from the United game, check-in for Leno and Mustafi in for the suspended Socrates. Uh, team and the fans knew what was required of them. You know, the stadium seemed fuller than usual. It was rocking from the start. That's why, I mean, uh, big up to Red Action because, I mean, they were 
doing their utmost also on Twitter, getting the Arsenal fan base fired up, you know, trying to get people to uh, do, you know, because I think they were still looking for 10 or something like that flag bearers for the game, you know, that on each end of the pitch, yeah. when goals are scored, they were still looking for some of them to do that, that job. So, yeah, onto the game. Um, Arsenal needed to get off to a flyer, and that's what they did. Estimated uh, Niles burst on the right. Every everybody expecting a first time cross. Niles then checks back with the ball, plays in Ramsey, who finds space and swivels in the box, fires in a low cross for Bamiang to stick a boot out. One 0 Arsenal, two three on aggregate. Came on. I think that settled my nerves at, at home as well. So seeing that goal go in made me go, whew, okay, only one more. And it's almost like every had a set plan to this game. It wasn't, you know, just go out there and, you know, just do your thing. He said as a plan, he probably maybe told the guys, first 15 minutes, you give them pressure, don't let them settle in. And that is the, you know, like you always mentioned, first five to 10 minutes of a game is always crucial. And I think that set the tone for the game. Yeah, Redworthen on the ropes, trying to get off some or some sort of foothold in the game. Because, you know, even though they were playing this high line, because I think they even played at the higher, you know, speed or higher rate than they were doing in, in rain you know, the, the, the previous week. So, of course, that was now leaving even more pockets open because they were leaving already the, the, the back three vulnerable every time they were now pushing forward. And you see it was now more... Arsenal playing a cat and mouse game, even though we were, you know, adding the pressure, but we were dictating also the pace of the game. 15 minutes gone, go to Arsenal again. Obama and Ramsey play a slick one-two move with each other. The former then dinking in a lofted cross in the danger area. Ozil switched off, turned his back on the ball. But Andrew Michael Niles burst through and thumped the header in. 2-0 on the night. 3-3 on aggregate. And the pass of Ramsey... To Aubameyang, seemingly have a suspicion of offside to it. What was yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Maybe I'm speaking from a biased mind, but I didn't see it was uh, it being offside at all. I thought, you know, these, these things are marginal, and maybe, maybe that's why VAR needs to be brought in. Know, they're planning on bringing it into Europa League anytime soon, but I do think that you know, on another day, um, in the first leg, you know, we had that situation of where Socrates could have been not given the red card because of that guy was pulling on him first. So, you know, these things happen in football. Yeah. And for me, it was offside. Yeah, because, I mean, for me, um, there was some French Ren supporter that did, like, a whole analysis thing, I think, going into the half. Um, I mean, I, I was, like, you know, half time, I normally would scroll through Twitter. And, that. and then I, honestly, I couldn't give to shits to be honest i mean sorry for my language but if you think of it we got a guy sent off in a game like the week before where their player is holding down our player trying to you know head to the to the arsenal goal and socrates ends up getting the short end of the straw so he ends up getting sent off sa ends up being almost like linchpin in that game throughout so now you know we now get that sort of you know the rub of the green so, I mean, I'm going to take it as you said. It could, yes, we are somewhat biased. We are gooners or whatever. But, I mean, I would take it now. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. uh, uh, pass by that sort of opportunity. On um, 22 minutes, Ren now finally wake up as an attacking threat, as well as a theatrical threat, doing the utmost to get Arsenal players booked or sent off. Because it seemed any physical tackle, I mean, even coming from Ozil, and they were like rolling on the ground like they were being knocked by, down by a 10-ton truck. 
I think, you know, they kind of did something similar. You know, you mentioned last week that Arsenal should have taken the foam cups or, or the foam and thrown it and, you know, taking this time, waste to, like, you know, just yeah. waste a bit of time. I think that's what they were trying to do, you know, interrupt the flow of the game because they knew they only needed one more goal and they would still, you know, go through. So I think at that point they were just, like, falling over for any knock just to try to buy themselves time to recuperate. Since you also mentioned that, they were doing a heck of a lot of work trying to chase Arsenal. Um, then on 35 minutes, a missed chance for uh, Obama Young. A good Ozil cross dissects the the, the Ren defence. The Gabonese striker then going in for the spectacular, but drags his uh, acrobatic kick wide. Uh, the Arsenal defence working the socks of not keep Ren at bay and see the 2-0 two two scoreline into the second half. Uh, what was your take going into the second half or your mindset, like how we should go about the second half? Well, my mindset was, you know, it, it was a very precarious mindset I was in because it was, I was, do we stick or do we twist? I was thinking, do we go out there and, you know, get the, the third goal quickly and then we can relax a bit? Or do we hold out for the, the for the 2 0 lead? So, so I eventually stuck out my, I put my head and said, my head, I said, Let's just keep it simple. Let's just try to contain them and not do anything fancy. And on your side, what were what were you thinking about? You know, do we go for the was, jugular? It's a bit of it's a bit of both. I mean, a bit of what you said because I thought to myself, yes, we can take some of the sting, frustrate them, whatever. But then also in that frustration, let them make that errors themselves. You know, like because all that attacking and 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 because look, they were trying taking also more risks. The more the that second half wore on, because as you said, now they needed that goal, like, you know, a goal. And the more risks they were taking, I think they were also then leaving more and more pockets of space for us. Um, that said, uh, Renan, of course, now coming out, full blast second half, saw that it's a goal-bound effort, which uh, Peter Cech then fingertips onto the post and out for a corner. Uh, I wonder, sorry to do that, I wonder if actually they... And magnets put in the ball and on that post on that side of the image because it seemed like whatever opposition was was keeping on eating those posts. True. <laughs> uh, on 61 minutes, uh, Colosinas makes a fantastic tackle on Saar. I mean, that that being said, if Saar was clever, I think if he had, with, with Colosinas being committed into the tackle, I think if he had checked back, Colosinas would have probably clattered him and it could have probably been a penalty. But, you know, that's now all the hindsight now. Um, 66 minutes post again for Ren Ben Sabani through uh, it's a shot through a goal clips the base of the post but of course the Lino already flagged him offside um, but, uh, these heart and mouth moments I uh, just couldn't handle it anymore I was facing yeah, up and down like nervous wreck yeah, I think I was just getting that, that weird tingling feeling in the stomach and I don't mean a bad carry <laughs> Because I was now worried because, you know, as much as we were dominating the game, it takes one, you know, silly move or silly decision or player getting of ours getting caught on the ball, you know, dilly-dallying and, and getting caught on and the ball breaks and we end up conceding. So that was, well, that was kind of a big worry. Uh, then on, I think, 66 minutes, or yeah, 68 minutes, sorry, also started ringing the changes. As it seemed, like I said, and also were already running on empty. On came Iwobi and Mkhitaryan to somehow bring some rejuvenation to the squad because I mean the, I think the squad was also tiring because I mean also gets again credit to Ren because I mean Ren was also you know really pressing us to the point of you know where we were starting to lose the ball some uh, easily nothing in midfield quite a bit 
Um, Credit must be given also to Emre because I think he picked that up. I mean, he saw that and he knew kind of what the game did from Arsenal. And it was a masterstroke, that substitution that he made. Yeah, and then, um, let me just see, 71 minutes, Iwobi almost scores in with his first touch. Yeah. Narrowly missing. And then on 72 minutes, Mkhitaryan plays in. Kolasinac on the left. Uh, the Bo- Bosnia then fires across the rain box, leaving Aubameyang with a simple tap-in. Uh, 3-0 to the Arsenal, 4-3 on aggregate. Aubameyang is booked for his Black Panther mask, a.k.a. hashtag Wakanda forever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you expect something like that? No, I didn't, but I, I expected something when he ran to get that bag out. And I'm like, oh, what's coming out, what's coming up? And I think Arsenal kind of needed that type of play or something like that, that charismatic kind of guy yeah. in the squad, just to you know, give everybody a boost. You know, I actually found out something, I think, either this morning or last night, with regards to that whole thing. Um, the thing, or the talk was, Obama actually had that bag already for the United game. But they said they didn't know where they put the bag. That was the thing. Because they said that's why he ended up running to the, 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 the hoardings there, thinking the bag was there, but it wasn't. So you said they needed to just do like a stock standard uh, celebration now with it. Goaling is United. I thought it would have been a perfect celebration, actually, if it was against United, that Wakanda thing. It would have been no rubbed salt back into the wounds of that moonwalking depression. <laughs> I'm going into evidence. Yeah, so. It was with Lengard eventually getting trolled by Leno and Ursula. Yeah, and Ursula, yeah. <laughs> um, with regards to the game again, um, the game got against Scrappy as Arsenal started now, you know, just saw to it that they were breaking up play uh, to frustrate Ren. And I mean, the rain players, of course, losing them tempers at anything because I think any, almost like any little bump or whatever, they were, you know, at the refs here or whatever to complain. Um, on 83 minutes, Aubameyang then missed the golden chance to get the hat trick within a minute. I think he missed about two chances. Yeah. One from close range, we he just fired, I think, narrowly wide. And then the other one was we just dragged the, the ball more. <laughs> so I think we. I think if Ramsey was also more awake, he could have actually just slid it in. I think Ramsey was also playing himself onside by the time the ball came across. Uh, we need to work on those type of things because, I mean, on another day, that wouldn't might not be as forgiving, you know, to miss those two chances that we did towards the end. I mean, if you can make the game 5-0, then do so. Because, I mean, if you just think now, uh, if you, like, going over now, say, I mean, just now, uh, just randomly not speaking, if you take now the the last, say, five games, we could have put all the games to bed already. I mean, even that, that, that rain game when we were down to 10, that also, if we are now being more clinical, because I think even with that rain game, we could have even made it 3-2 at the end, but we ended up fluffing a chance where that, I think, uh, Lacazette or somebody just ended up rolling the ball into the keeper's hands. Or not, sorry, Lacazette, I think Obama just ended up, you know, it was more like a back pass into the goalie's hands. That's definitely something we need to work on. And, you know, obviously we were lucky, I think, towards the end of the game at Iwobi. Never got sent off or he doesn't get the retrospective ban or that kick out he did. That's very un- unnecessary, I think. Yeah, fully agree with you. Um, a frenetic few minutes in the in, in injury time. So each uh, player uh, of each side, uh, sorry, each uh, yeah, two players from each side, <clears throat> or one player from each side, sorry, getting a, a booked. Uh, but that was that, a win and in the last 16 and onto the quarterfinals, uh, onto a date with Napoli at the oh. Emirates on the 11th of April in the quarterfinals. 
I'm not looking forward to that. It was probably one of, it was one of the two teams, them and Chelsea, that I did not want to face. I mean, I know Napoli's been a bit wobbly in Europe away from home, but to go play in Naples, um, I'm looking forward to that. Without, we need to get our away form in order because we cannot be going there and conceding three goals. I mean, for me, just like, especially with the first leg now being at the Emirates, I think we must also take advantage of, um, there, there could be, uh, there could be some small injury crisis also at, um, at Napoli because, um, I think a few days ago at Insignia got now, a, I think a muscular, I don't know, I think it could be a muscular tear or a muscular strain. So he's about out for three to four weeks, they say. And I mean, look, Insignia has been like one of the, you know, linchpin players. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, look, I'm not taking anything away from our team. I think we can, you know, give as good as we get in, against Napoli. Because, as you said, they have also been somewhat goal-shy in, 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 in away trips. and They're not also that brilliant in away trips. So, you know, it's, it's going to be even Steven type of game going into that time. Look, I watched him uh, put of the game against Red Bull Salzburg, the second leg. I didn't watch the first leg, I watched the second yeah. leg. And they got beaten 3-1, but it, like they were... They seem like a team that struggles to, you know, they they, they defended a final lead and they could have very, um, very lucky to go through. I mean, it just shows their vulnerabilities as well. It's maybe as, you know, as ours. But I think if Arsenal can start strong, if, they, if we can rattle them with an early goal or two, then I think we can maybe go to the Emirates, I mean, to the Napoli zone ground and then maybe take, you know, a draw or a 2-1 loss. Yeah, so I mean, you know, draw into that, the podcast now. Um, with regards to some side notes, I just want to make mention of. Um, I actually like the fact that uh, Emery wants us to, you know, fight for top four and your body glory. So I have to laugh because I get the dog in the background. Just give me a second quickly. Okay. Oh, and I just want to also put on a side note. Um, I also like the harmony with him at the moment, you know, with. The players and fans all, you know, really supporting each other. So, you know, it's also of real benefit to the squad. So, sorry, I'm back. It seems like you wanted to be part of the podcast as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was going to make uh, a side note talk to another, uh, our listeners. Um, at the moment, we're on about 874 listens because, I mean, we uh, we added up on based on, you know, combined uh, podcasts that we put out. Um, with this two-week break coming up, there's going to be no football for Arsenal until April 1st. Arsenal, of course, going on a mid... I think in that middle of that two weeks, they're going to Dubai for some summer training and I think one friendly match. Um, so this is now my question to our listeners, like, you know, all over the world that we now have. I mean, I know we're not that big, but I mean, it also goes to say, I mean, we still let you in on, on our thoughts and our plans and whatever with the podcast. So, I mean, our well, my question is, if we get about, we on, like I said, we're on 874 lessons at the moment. If we can get up to 900 by this weekend, then we're going to see that we do then a podcast for next Saturday. So, I mean, you know, even though we weren't going to plan on one, we will then do one. I mean, if we you know, see the sort of feedback we get from the listeners, then we will actually do uh, one for the, even if we have another two-week break, we will do one in between where we can maybe analyze games so far in like in general now and also players, maybe 
go in depth more about the players and and with our quarter eye would disappoint that stuff like that so you know keep on liking keep on sharing and let's see how we get to the podcast by sunday and then if we now get the the listeners that we need or, or listens that we need then we will like for you guys we will do an extra podcast for you thanks and enjoy the weekend thanks guys